So if I said to you the word temptation, what, what would come to your mind? Temptation. You know, for some, you would think about that area of your life that you are struggling with. Uh, others, you may think about others who are struggling in areas of their lives. Uh, some of you, you may think of exotic places like Las Vegas or the Playboy Mansion and things like that. But the truth is, temptation affects Every one of us, everyone is affected by temptation. It's not just the weak. It's not just the morally delinquent who suffer with temptation. But temptation is part of life. And over the next seven weeks, we're going to talk about seven different types of temptations. Some call them the seven deadly sins. Others just call them life, struggles of life. But, you know, the seven deadly sins, they actually originated in Greek mythology. And there was actually eight vices uh, that were ranked in, in, uh, in their destructive vices of the world. And then the Catholic Church came along, and through a pope called Pope Gregory, they decided eight was a little too much, so they decided to bring them down to seven uh, vices. And they became mainstream, and now we know of the saying of the seven deadly sins. Let's see, how many of you can name the seven deadly sins? Come on, shout, shout it out to me, seven deadly sins. Gluttony, greed, sloth. That's what I've been doing this afternoon, sloth, right on my couch. So, envy, pride, and wrath, and wife abuse. I don't think wife abuse is in there, no. Lust, you guys forgot lust. Guys, come on, you know. We've talked, no, I'm only kidding. And uh, so they're the seven deadly sins. But the truth is, whether there are eight or there are seven, or for you, it's one or maybe two, these deadly sins are still alive and are active in our life today. And every day we have choices to make in our lives. Sometimes, though, the temptation to do what we know is the wrong thing becomes overwhelming in our lives. And sometimes we make the wrong choice And we don't even know that we're falling into temptation, into one of the seven deadly sins. So today we're going to deal with the first deadly sin. And we got this great video clip that I want to show you. And uh, I love this movie and I'm not ashamed to tell it either. So uh, hey, watch this this video clip and then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about today. Looking good, Kevin. How's the family? Good? Now I realize that you guys have probably heard about this other villain who stole the pyramids. Apparently it's a big deal. People are calling it the crime of the century and stuff like that. But am I upset? No, I am not. A little, but we have had a pretty good year ourselves. And you guys are all right in my book. <laughs> no, no raises. I'm not going to get any raises. What did we do? Well, we stole the Times Square Jumbo Tron. <laughs> 
The small ones from Las Vegas. And I won't even mention the Eiffel Tower. Also Vegas. Okay, I wasn't going to tell you about this yet, but I have been working on something very big. Something that should blow this pyramid thing out of the water. And thanks to the efforts of my good friend, Dr. Nafario. Thank you. Oh, yes. Please, Kyle. Now, we have located the shrink ray in a secret lab. And once we take this shrink ray, we will have the capability to pull off the true crime of the century. We are going to steal. Wait, wait! I haven't told you what it is yet. Hey, Dave, listen up, please! Next, we are going to steal! Pause for effect. So today we're going to talk about greed. And greed has been part of life since mankind can remember. You know, the word greed can be defined as the intense, selfish desire for something. It could be anything. It could be money. It could be fame. It could be success or possessions. It could be standing on the political or moral high ground. It could be just that intense sense of not sharing with others. You know, it's amazing, I think, how at such a young age, children, without anybody teaching them, without anybody telling them, have this intense desire to keep things for themselves. How many of you parents have you said to your children, you must share? Because kids are like, it's mine, it's mine, it's all mine. But yet, we're so proud of our kids when they share. We teach our kids that we must share. But let's be honest, as adults, sometimes we like to keep things for ourselves. That's because it's human nature to want and want for ourselves. And this is what we call greed. Gandhi, who was the savior of India, he once said, he said, the earth provides enough to satisfy satisfy every man's need, but not every man's greed. Greed, I think, is a cancer in our world today. Greed has caused wars. It's called bankruptcies, recessions, broken homes, broken lives. It's turned decent people into animals, and it causes pain wherever it goes. Greed is not good, whether you want more money or possessions or you want to steal the moon. Greed is not good at all, and it's not good for your lives. So when I have something that I know is not good for my life, then the first question I ask, just being a person of faith, I always ask, well, what does Jesus say about greed? What does Jesus say about it? And you can find exactly what Jesus says about greed in Luke chapter 12 and verse 13. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, you can also follow it along on the screen. But Luke chapter 12, verse 13, this is what it says. 
Then someone called from the crowd, teacher, they were talking to Jesus, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard your heart, or guard, uh, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he says, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. So Jesus gives this story. We got this guy, he's become pretty wealthy, and he doesn't want to just take his wealth and, and then, you know, just share it around. He wants to make more and more and more and more of himself. And he's becoming a pretty greedy guy. And this is what Jesus said. He said, what's the point in gaining all these possessions? That's not the purpose of life. Jesus says the purpose of life is to have a rich relationship with God, a rich relationship with God the Father. Jesus starts out that passage by saying, guard against every kind of greed. Jesus doesn't limit just to one or two things, but he warns us to be on guard for every kind of greed. And so if Jesus tells us to be on our guard, to fight against greed, then I want to know how do we do that? How do we fight against greed in our lives? You know, you may not feel like a greedy person. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm a greedy person. I see lots of other people around. I think they're a lot greedier. But the reality is, is we live in a world that is a greedy world. And we're people who are just human beings, who are sinful human beings. And so that means there's a chance that greed could come into our lives. And so Jesus says, be on your guard against every kind of greed. And this is what I believe that we should do to be on our guard. First thing I think we should do is we should live in moderation. Live in moderation. You know, excess is the culture we live in. We want more. We think we need more. We drink more. We eat more. We work more. We dream for more. For, for those of you who play fantasy football, you know you are going to win your game. And it's maybe Sunday afternoon. You know you've got some guys going Monday night. And you've got enough points and you've already won. But you know on Monday night you want even more points to crush the other guy, right? I mean, you want to do that. It's the same in any sport like today. You know, the Ravens are playing the Browns. They're probably going to go up about 27 to, to 0 first half because the Browns just suck. And, uh, and we are not going to want to have just, just, just stop and, and that's it. The game over. We want more and more and more. And that is part of life. That is what life is like. Life is full of excess. We want more and more more and more. 
if our bank balance isn't getting bigger, we think there's a problem. If, there, if our business isn't growing, then we think there's a problem. If we're not getting higher on the property ladder, then we think there is a problem. If we're not gaining more in life, we think there is a problem in life. And while I think a little ambition is good, because we'll deal with in weeks, a few weeks later, uh, in a few weeks, sloth, and you don't want to have no ambition at all. But a little ambition is good. Ambition often causes more pain than good. You know, my grandmother, she had this saying, and all her grandkids can repeat it, and we all joke about it, and she passed away back in the late 90s, but we all still remember it. And this is what she said. In ev- she said all the time, in everything, moderation. In everything, moder- moderation. And, and she said it all the time, and she said it because she honestly believed that an excess in anything was a bad thing. I mean, she often said it when we were around the dinner table on a Sunday afternoon having a Sunday lunch and we're like stuffing our faces. She'd be like, Alexander, everything moderation, you know? But, but that, that was her, 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 her motto for life. And you know what? I think she was one of the least greedy people I've ever seen in my life. What in your life right now? Think about your life. What in your life right now has become an excess? It's become an excess. When your mind is on the excess of life, your focus turns away from what's really important. Jesus said to this guy, he said, the guy said, I'm going to build bigger barns. That was his focus in life. And Jesus says, you fool. What good is it? having all this stuff, because tonight your soul's going to be taken from you. And Jesus said this. He says, he said, what is really important is a rich relationship with God. A rich relationship with God. I don't know where your relationship with God is right now. I don't even know if you have a relationship with God, but that is purpose of life. The purpose of life is to live this life, not to gain as much as what we can, not to live in excess but it's to have a, not just a relationship with God, but a rich relationship with God. Is your mind on the excess and it's turning away from what's really important? You know, the Apostle Paul, he was an a, 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 a early church writer and he wrote to a church in a, a city called Corinth. And this is what he said in, in uh, 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 25. He said this, He said, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. Have you ever seen an athlete who is focused on what's really important in his life, and that is to win? You've seen those those athletes who just start focusing on other things. Maybe they're focusing on the fame or they focus on the money or maybe they just don't take care of their bodies. What happens to to their lives or their careers, it quickly goes downhill because they believe that a balanced life is important as an athlete. Moderation, balance. It's important 
in our lives. And the Apostle Paul says here that we must be disciplined and not disciplined for the things that aren't important, but disciplined in the things that are important. The life of moderation is a balanced life. And balanced people don't tend to be greedy people. So there again, balanced people don't tend to be greedy people. So the way that we win over greed in our lives. Firstly, we live in moderation. Secondly, we live generously. We live generously. In in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24, very wise words, and this is what it said. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. History shows that people who hang on to their possessions often end up losing their possessions. You know, science even shows that generous people are more happy and they live longer. You know, I believe in giving. And the reason I believe in giving, and what I mean by giving is is giving of things that you have to others. Giving of your time, giving of your possessions, giving of, of your energy, your money, your, your, your wisdom, giving of, uh, of things to other people. The reason I believe in giving is because when you give, something amazing happens. And, and I don't know how it happens, but this is what happens. The more you give, the more you often get back. I'm not saying that, you know, hey, everyone go out and, you know, give each other like 100 bucks and stuff like that. And you get like loads of money back. No, it doesn't work like that. But when you become a generous person, the more that you give in life, life gives more back to you. And it could be in lots of different ways. I don't know what ways. But all I know is this, that people who give seem to have more. And that's what the proverb says. Give freely, become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. You know, I've also found that when you hold on to things, and it's like you've got this mine, mine, mine mentality, you often find that it just withers away. When you give of your time, your possessions, your money, your expertise, your energy, and whatever else you may give, it results in life giving back to you. You know, stingy people may feel or they may seem to have more in the short term. It may seem like a great option to be stingy because you're going to have some in the short term. But stingy people in the long term always lose out. Don't be a stingy person. Nobody likes a stingy person. Don't be a stingy person. What are you holding on to in your life? What are you holding on that you are not wanting to give away. Maybe it's time to give it away. Because the more you hold on, greed has a chance to come into your life. And greed ultimately ends in just losing in life. I want to win in life. I want to do things that are right. I want to be successful in life. And greed will always make you lose in life. So the way that we win against greed is we live in moderation. We live 
by being generous. And then finally, we live by focusing on others. Focusing on others. Not focusing on ourselves, but focusing on others. The same guy, the Apostle Paul, to to a church in, in Rome, he wrote this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 and 10. He says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Then he says this, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Saying, let our focus be on loving others, not on loving ourselves. And at times, we love ourselves a little too much that we want to gather and keep for ourselves. But the Apostle Paul and Jesus is all about giving to others, loving others, looking to others first. This is what we often do. Say, well, I do give to others. I do prefer others. I do do things for others. But if we're to be honest, I think a lot of the times, and I'm totally guilty of this myself, it's it's almost I'm going to scratch this person's back in the hope that they're going to scratch my back. I'm going to give here with the motive that hopefully in the long term I can get back right here. However, when our focus becomes on the wrong things, on the wrong motives, life becomes very painful. But when our focus is on the welfare of others, not just the welfare of ourselves, life becomes very freeing. I tell you, I've never felt as free in my life, as good in my life, as when I am focusing on other people and not focusing on myself. You know, we're told in this life to focus on me, me, me. We're told to go to job interviews and sell ourselves in an interview because it's all about me. You know, we, we teach our kids, and this is a good thing, but we teach our kids to do be- the, the best they can in school, and sometimes we give them a kick up the butt so that they would do even better in school because we want them to get the best education possible so that they can be the best person or, or they can give themselves the best opportunities in life. But, And that's a good thing. But what if your child decided, I'm going to forgo college, and instead I'm going to spend my college years, and I'm going to get on a plane and go to Africa and teach some uneducated kids, or feed some hungry people, or go help bring water to a place that has no clean water. I wonder how many of us would encourage our children to do that instead of following their studies so they can be the best that they can be. I wonder if maybe your, your, your spouse or, 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 or maybe you know, your children decided that they're going to quit their job and instead of, instead of going and toiling in the, you know, like a hamster on a hamster wheel, instead they're going to go down to Baltimore City and they're going to spend their time volunteering in a homeless shelter down there. I wonder how many of us would be happy about them making that choice. I wouldn't be if my wife did that. But why are we so against people focusing on others? I think it's because we live 
in a life where it's all about me, me, me. Gain more. Become bigger. Become better. What, what can I do? Never rest. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And our view of life can be so different to God's view of life. We say, do what's best for us. But God says, do what's best for others. Do what's best for others. Like I said, you may not feel like a greedy person today. You may feel that you don't suffer with greed. But we do live in a greedy world. And because we have that inner desire within, within us to keep for ourselves. Remember when you were children, you, you, you had, you probably, your parents probably said to you, now you must share. Because there's this inner desire within us to keep for ourselves. The reality is, is that one day greed could strike. And when greed strikes, it becomes a monster in your life. And it's a monster that you may find hard to tame. The greedier we become, the more we end up losing out. You know, the more we have, the more we want. Some of the happiest people I've seen in my life are people who have got nothing. I remember going to India for the first time. I went to India on this trip with my father in 2000. And it changed my life, rocked my world completely. Because I realized I lived in this little Western bubble where it's all about me. And I saw people who had nothing. Cleaning their toothbrush in the water that comes down the street. But yet, they wanted to give unto you. They came up to you and, 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 and you'd meet these people and they, they would have nothing, but they wanted to invite you into their home so that you could share a meal. They, they, they had nothing at all, but, but, but they wanted to give gifts unto you. Totally changed my life and I realized, man, I became a greedy person. And I want to be like them because they seem so much happier than I did at that point in my life. So instead of being greedy, instead of living at this culture where we just live in excess and everything, we need to listen to the words of God. Don't live aiming for excess, but live in moderation. Live a balanced life. Don't be a stingy person, but live generously. Don't focus on just you, but let your life be about focusing on others, then that monster that is also known as greed will never be able to tempt you to become someone God has never intended you to be. God never intended you to be a greedy person, but yet sin in this world has caused us to become greedy. We listen to the words of God. We will fight against greed. We will win over greed. And when we do that, it will never have a chance to tempt us in life. And we can become everything that God has planned and wanted us to be. Let's bow our heads in prayer.